Welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. This is episode number 220. My name is Carlos Alvarez, and I will be your host for the show. On today's episode, we have a first-time guest, Matthew Holman, who's the head of growth at QPilot, a solution that helps brands harness the power of subscriptions, like, subscribe, and save, and more uh, wherever you sell online. So this isn't just going to be isolated to Amazon. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thanks, Carlos. It's great to be here. Matthew, I'm... We briefly, like, you don't even know all the madness going on in my head with this, but we briefly chatted on this new brand that I'm, 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 gonna, I'm in the process of launching called Fishdoc, very early stages. Um, I'm also one of these people that like to get their hands dirty. So like I went out and got a reef tank and I just want to like really do it. And this is going to be the first episode that I've ever, for purely selfish reasons, um, am having somebody on the show to help me solve a problem or something that I, I want to really leverage in a big way with the fish stock brand off of Amazon. Right. And that, and that's going to be subscriptions. So as a consumer, my e-com subscription knowledge is limited to like my Kachava athletic green subscription, um, off Amazon and, and on Amazon, really just my like dungeons and dragon shirt of the month club I'm on. Right. Okay. So as a seller, I've never set up an off Amazon subscription model for my products. And I imagine many of the listeners of this show either have similar experiences to me, you know, we're, we're really crushing it on Amazon and we're wanting to scale this sexy subscription idea off of Amazon. So tell me a little bit about yourself um, uh, uh, scale on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most important, where do you have a subscription model in your business? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think, you know, again, when we're talking subscriptions, I think it's always good to differentiate between, especially with Amazon, you know, there's the Amazon um, Prime is a version of a subscription, but we're talking about a physical good subscription, something you're getting in the mail on a repeat basis. Um, And I think it's really important to ask why you're doing that program when you're thinking about where you rank that. So there's, I mean, there was something in the news recently around uh, BMW is going to start a subscription around access to their heated seats. Yeah. What? Yeah. They're basically going to sell cars that have the, the, the um, technology in there to do the heated seats, but you have to subscribe like $15 a month to access the heated seat feature. So my wife, my wife has signed up. Yeah, that, that, that's just a great example of a business trying to put a subscription model into their business that maybe isn't a good fit, right? So that you got that at the other end of the spectrum. So I think we should just be thinking about um, a great subscription program as one where you know that you have repeat customers and you're trying to create a repeat engagement experience because there's a lot of like pros and cons to subscription experience. So thinking about, oh, customers are buying this. I would like to be more engaged with them make sure they're getting it more, getting more feedback from them is how we're going to be thinking about. That's what puts a program at a 10 is knowing that there's a, there's a need and a, and a desire for it. And if you do have repeat customers, what on a scale of one to 10, again, like if you're, if you don't have something in place for subscriptions, would you say you're leaving a ton of money on the table? You're crazy. Um, is, Is it super important? It, it, it can be. I mean, I think one of the biggest questions I get from people is they'll say like, well, I already know that I've got a repeat. I've already got repeat customers. So why should I give them an additional discount to get them to come back more? And, and the answer to that is we only know about repeat purchases after they happen. So for example, you know, I might have a 20% return customer rate. So on average, 20% of my customers come back every month, but I only find out about that after the sales happen. 
a subscribe and save program allows us to plan into the future because we have a certain percentage of our customers are on a repeat delivery schedule. And so what this does is it changes instead of us finding out after the fact, and we're trying to spur more purchases. Instead, we're actually creating a relationship that's agreeing to make the purchase already. And you can, there's actions you can take to influence that to make sure that it happens the way you want. So it gives you some predictable revenue as well as a way of like creating greater engagement with your customers than just sending them an email newsletter every month or an email special each month is what to prompt a, another purchase kind of thing. That makes sense. So I, I want to go a little specific with my brand and like really leverage your brain here. Uh, really quick though, I, we didn't touch on how did you get involved in subscriptions? Like how did you get into this? Um, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Before I worked uh, with QPilot, um, you know, I've been in e-commerce for a few years and I was actually working at a shipping technology company as a marketer. And um, one of my kind of special skills is taking complex topics and distilling them down into something that's kind of easily understood. And so um, I was doing that for a while, um, but I wanted to get into more of a, you know, ground floor, um, you know, being in more control. So QPilot's a smaller company and it's been around for a few years. We have around 250 customers, but I was able to join as the first marketer. And so being able to kind of direct content and strategy, customer acquisition is one of the reasons I joined. So you know, I've spent the last two years working directly with our customers. We pull tons of data. Like we're a, we're a usage-based platform, meaning we make more money when our customers have more subscriptions. And so we're incentivized to both learn from what our customers are doing, as well as educating our customers on how to do better at their subscription program. So we spend a lot of time studying what our customers are doing what other people in the industry are doing. We're always diving into best practices, talking about experiments, and we're very, very data focused at QPilot. So we have a lot of data at our fingertips. So when we're talking about what's happening, I can, I can speak to what has, I've seen that's successful versus things that are, you know, maybe a little more nebulous. And, and QPilot plugs in is, is like the software. Yeah. Basically, if you think about like your shopping cart outside of Amazon and you want to add a subscribe and save option to your, to your store, QPilot does a couple things. One, it makes that upsell at checkout possible. So instead of the one-time purchase, they select the subscribe and save with the discount. But then what ends up happening and what's kind of complicated when you're doing it on Amazon, it's fairly limited, right? You just get to choose the discount amount that you offer on your subscribe and save program. And then Amazon manages all these logistics and things in the background that you have really no idea that's happening. And similar thing happens with QPilot is that your shopping cart manages these orders and directs you when to fulfill them. But a subscription is something that's like a recurring relationship and that customers need to be able to manage or change and, and basically edit their order into the future. And so QPilot does all of that logic and it sits on your website. So the customer doesn't really know that they're engaging with another software. They just think that they're engaging with your brand, but there is a lot of like logic and processing that's happening behind the scenes. All right. So I am in the process of launching FisherDoc. You see, I'm like jumping right to this. The it, it's, it's a brand that is going to help um, reef tank hobbyists um, basically keep their water in peak condition and also treat corals um, in their tank, which again, again, feeds the keeping your tank in, in the healthiest state possible so that their very expensive or very uh, loved 
uh, life forms that are inside of these tanks uh, can live and be the most colorful, the most vibrant. Um, that That's what the focus is going to be. I'm new to the hobby myself. That's why I probably gave a poor description. But I, I know outside looking in and, and also already from buying stuff for my own reef tank that almost everything I've purchased so far, I need to purchase again. And right. it's every few weeks, every few months. How would you, is it too soon for me to start thinking about um, subscriptions? Like how should I approach this? No, I think it's a great time to start thinking about it. I think it's, um, you know, I, I mentioned before the show that we actually, it's, it's funny that you're looking at that space because one of a customer that we work directly with is, is doing something similar. Um, they work with algae and growing cultures to develop um, coral and healthy t- fish tanks as well um, called algae barn. And um, it's what, what the mistake I see brands make is when they, they come to the table, they're new to say, you're talking about you're launching, you already have a preconceived notion of what you think the subscription experience needs to be. And what happens is that can become overcomplicated. And like most things, you start to develop a really complicated process that maybe you have no real data and no customer feedback on. So here, here, here's my, my, my kind of example of this. Let's say, for example, you're talking about um, some of the out, um, you know, what you want to sell to develop coral to clean the fish tank. The recommended from the wholesaler or your supplier is that this gets put into the tank every four weeks, right? Now, the, the problem is, is that sounds great from them, but how is that actually, what data do you really have that's, that's actually how it works? Is it really every four weeks? Is it three? Is it six? Does it depend on the fish that are involved? Does it depend on whether they're in Florida or whether they're in Washington with different levels of like humidity or heat. Um, And so, and how often are people actually going to use it? So if you think about like, you know, it's very obvious and most subscribe and say programs, if I sell a bottle, that's 30 pills and I'm selling, you're supposed to take one pill a day. It seems really obvious that the bottle should be sold once every month, but how do people really consume that? And so when we're talking about approaching a subscribe and say program, we were talking about putting in like base level metrics. So I'm going to not overcomplicate it. I'm going to add in a basic option to get people to subscribe to it. And I'm going to craft a product page that emphasizes the importance of a regular consistent product delivery and why you need to be using this regularly. And that's about as deep as I'm going to go into it, other than just educating people on how that program works. And I'm going to make sure I'm collecting data related to that. So a couple of data points to start collecting right away is like Google Analytics. Are you tracking how many people are clicking the subscribe and save option? Are you tracking how many people are choosing that as a conversion event, right? And then the other thing would be if we're talking about um, getting email feedback from surveys and or cancellation information. So if somebody does subscribe and save, you're making sure you grab the why they are canceling or how the program worked for them when they're exiting the program um, as another, as a means. And, and, and before I go too long without allowing you to interject again, the other thing would be talking about talking to your people. If you're launching a new business, you want to be talking to the people that will be buying this to get feedback from them. So you can get, find out right away what is useful for them on a repeat basis, because you might find other product opportunities out of that as well as get better feedback on what would make a great product page to sell that. That was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm getting the, you're basically listening to your customer. Um, you're looking at your Google analytics and I'm assuming things like hot jar and stuff like that on your site to see like where people are clicking and what they're interested in. 
Um, anybody that does join my um, subscribe and save, if they leave, is that like an automated? I noticed that like one time when I stopped, like there was some confusion on a Kachava subscription I had and, and it made sense for me to cancel it and restart mm -hmm. it. And when I canceled it, there was this, this pop-up and an right. email that came up asking me like really simple. It was like, just click these buttons. I didn't have to write anything as to why I unsubscribed. So I can see that. Well, I, I wasn't clear on the starting part though. Like I, I'm going to start, do I start with just like reaching out to all my fellow hobbyists and being like, Hey, how often do you buy this? Why do you buy this? Um, and, and where, where do I get that best starting information? So, yeah, I mean, as part of launching the business, you definitely want to talk to other people that are hobbyists in the space, but I mean, your first set of customers, when you're, when you're, when you only have a handful of sales, th that's when you want to be talking to people right away. Um, the other thing would be if, so one of the biggest difficulties in a subscribe and save program is that people often want to buy something first before they're willing to subscribe to it, right? But there are people that get motivated to opt into the subscribe and save right away. So you can, if you get somebody who's not a repeat customer who opts into subscribe and save right away, those are the people you want to be reaching out to if possible to call them, talk to them, email them. You're the founder you know, you want to give them a discount in exchange for two minute survey or find out a little more info. Like you want to get some information if possible to find out why, what made you opt right in. And, you know, they might just say, oh, well, it just made sense. Okay. But sometimes you might get, well, no, I, I really need this because uh, the last time I had this, I forgot and my coral died. So, so there you get, there you start to get a little bit of information like, Oh, well, maybe I want to play with my product page design and says like, don't let your coral die. Like a subscribe and save, make sure that you get it on the schedule. You're supposed to use it. So I think we, we understanding the space you're in. So for example, like I'm a big fan of CBD. I take Delta eight for sleep, right? So if I'm, Amen. if I'm looking at new product, I've got product I love, but if I'm looking at product page and they're, and they want to like prompt a little bit of pain, it might be something to the effect of like, don't lose sleep, like, because you run out. Right. And so if you're talking about this business, it's running a tank like that is fairly scientific, right? There's like, there's a preset process. It needs to be done a certain way on a certain schedule. And if you mess that up, the pH balances can be out of whack. Like it, it can get messed up. So you have some very specific pain points you can talk about to try to opt somebody into a subscribe and say program. It's not like, just like, Oh, like your pet wants this food or something. It's like, no, your, your fish might die. Right. Like you, you, you're so, so getting that kind of feedback from customers about what's important to them and why they're using it. it like, will give you more information to craft a better product page. And so that's what I'm saying is like, we want to put the fundamentals in place with the Google analytics and depending on what software you're using, you might need an, an, an add on, but to collect the cancellation information, you want to start collecting that data and then you run it for six months or a year as you're collecting that. And that's when you start to oh, you get more ideas on how I'm going to innovate, how I'm going to scale. So it's, we're create, trying to create this feedback loop within our subscription program that's a little bit more than what you would get, but it's not all, to, all that different from like a one-time purchase product. You want to learn why people are buying it and what's bringing them back. Subscriptions just means that there's a little bit extra involved in like how you can craft offers and having it actually be on the product page. I really, it really resonated with me, what you said about, you know, some things you need to buy once and you don't want to automatically go on a subscription. So, right. uh, for again, uh, hitting Kachava and athletic greens, I wanted to try it. And if I liked it and it lived up to what it said, 
I could see myself immediately getting on a subscription. However, my air filters, I, I didn't want to buy from someone who sold air filters unless they had a subscription thing set up right. and I didn't have to think about it anymore. And it would, I, it. I don't yeah. want to have to think about it. Like, I, I don't even want the discount. I just want you to set that up and not let right. me run out of air filters. Cause when the air filter goes out, the air breaks, my kids cry, my wife gets mad and everything kind of goes on me. So it's just like, if you don't have that, I don't want to do it. Exactly. Um, that makes a ton of sense. While we were talking, I, I pulled up um, Algae Barn and I'm going to try to describe it to anybody that's looking because I'm curious what part of this could be QPilot um, is uh, looking at one of their products. I, I see, you know, a really good description, great photos. I mean, everything looks great. And then they have like a save buying in bulk, right. a quantity, and then save with subscription right there. So it's not even a checkout. And then later on in the checkout process, there's an option for subscription. The subscription is like in your face on the before you page. even add to cart. On the product page. Yep. Yeah. Is that a, is that a QPilot feature? The add-on, yes. The, the subscribe and save option there with the discounts is a QPilot feature. Man, that looks if you, good. If you select that, you can choose frequency options. Then the nice thing is, is once you do add to cart, and if you didn't select subscriptions, if you're in the cart, you can still upsell to the subscription within the cart too. So the option shows there if you want to select that. And what Algae Barn's doing is kind of fascinating as well is they're doing progressive discounts. So they're able to sell wholesale and D2C on their site at the same time, because if you're a wholesaler, you just buy, you're buying more. And so they're seeing a different discount. So, uh, and, and that can be a little bit tricky technically of like running quantity-based discounts with a subscribe and save discount but it is something that a lot of businesses need to be able to offer. Man, this looks really nice. I, I just want to be clear, like, you know, before I have my web dev guy go too nuts on building out the shopping cart and the product detail page, like trying to visualize, I see myself immediately reaching out to you after this and saying, Hey, like, is it too early? Which here's my next question. How, at what stage does somebody need to be in for it to make sense for them? Um, uh, to work with you guys? Um, we work with a lot of early stage companies. Um, for us, the ones that are most successful is that they're already selling well, at least on one channel. And so they already have some of their, like, as, as you know, the, the hardest part in e-commerce is often the acquisition, the initial set of like orders and adding diversification and stuff is a different set of problems. But so if they're already acquiring customers well, at least through organic, or if they're doing it Amazon and they're trying to set up their own store so they have a good brand positioning, um, that 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 can work. Um, we do, um, but at, at, so basically it comes down to like volume makes a lot of things easier because there's more data, but um, we'd work with a lot of early stage. They're launching their new website. They want to make sure they have a great experience right out of the gate. And those are for products that it makes a lot of sense to have subscription set up right away, which is like what you're talking about, um, health supplements, um, things like that. Ah, this is nice. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to spend too much more time on the page just because it's this is, this is audio based and I don't want anyone to. Uh, not, not have this visual, but is it okay if I link to this site in the Absolutely. show notes? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll do that. So everyone listening to this can, can look at it. I, I love how it's right there front and center it's on the beautiful page. website. It is. Yeah. Um, investment in Copilot. What, what is that? I mean, in Qpilot, I'm sorry, investment in Qpilot. What does that look like to, to get started? 
Yeah, we have a couple of different plan tiers. Like, you know, we have a $50 a month plan all the way up to a $300 a month plan. And there's a usage component depending on your size. Um, so it's a recurring fee. We, some, you have to be careful. Some subscription software will charge percentage of sale as a, as a usage component. So you just have to be like, when you ask the question of whether it makes sense or not, it should always be based off of a business decision, right? If I'm getting 10 orders a month, paying even $50 a month for subscription software, maybe doesn't make sense quite yet. Um, but you know, once you're starting to ramp up, you're doing 50, hundred orders a month. It can make a lot of sense, even at $50 a month to get going because you can um, start capturing more value. And again, a, a lot of this comes down to you're setting down foundational metrics, right? So some of our best customers were running with us for a year or two, and then suddenly decided to like, now they really want to get serious about it. So they're unpacking all their data. What do we know about churn? What do we know about customers and what they like or not? And then they go back and they start to implement and optimize the program. And then they see really big lifts. Um, Cause once you're, once you're going in subscriptions, you're starting to pay a lot of attention to acquisition and churn, like wondering when people are leaving and how you can motivate people to start. And so you get more data, the more that's been going on. Right. I mean, obviously. Yeah. I, well, one of the things with subscriptions that initially uh, most attracted me is just, you know, whether it's Google, Facebook, Amazon, um, PPC costs, just they, they keep going up. Cost to acquire a customer keeps going up. And it's almost the majority of the listeners to the show. I mean, now, now they're, you know, and myself, you know, we have an established brand, you know, we're passionate about this brand and, you know, we're thinking about just building out this brand, but most people are product agnostic that I know when they're first starting their sort of like their journey. So why not pick a product that would lend itself well to a subscription model is my thought, because now, yes, you know, cost acquiring a customer goes up, but so does your lifetime value of right. that customer. Uh, now that you have them on the subscription. So that, that, that was really where I was coming from, not to put the carriage before the horse, but it was like, how soon can we start this? Like, I want to get, I want to get ahead of this immediately. Um, okay. I think, what? I think it's smart. You're, you're looking at consumables is like the most obvious choice for that. But um, again, I think products where I, I particularly think that when you can craft a strong brand position around that product is where you find the secret sauce. So something that people need to use regularly or consistently and something you can craft a strong brand around. So like your product you're talking about with like fish tanks, like there's a ton of opportunity because of how niche that is to create a fun, engaging brand or that's interesting to hobbyists, right? Will that be the biggest, like, well, is that going to revolutionize consu the consumer product space? No, but can you craft a successful business that has a lot of value and profitability out of it? Absolutely. Man, I'd love to meet these people from Algae Barn, man. I have like a million questions. I, I mean, I'm ha I'll I'll see about connecting you with Sean. They're I mean, they're their heads down pretty busy. They're in Colorado, but um they're they're mm. a great team. I'll fly out there and talk with them too. And I'm gonna be a customer, it looks like buying some of this stuff. Yeah. What who who would you say we didn't talk about this question, but like who who would off the top of your head, who's your say the greatest thought leader in, in the subscription space that you know, or like who's leading the charge, whose stuff do you follow? I'm big on that because I'm about to go head first into this. And, and one of the problems I have is let's narrow down who's the real McCoy here and who sure. I'm just wasting my time consuming BS from. So who, who is that in your opinion? Yeah. So I think uh, Chris George with Subta um, and there's several people over at Subta is the subscription trade association. 
um, they're doing a lot to ag- like kind of create a little bit of a, a boundary around the subscription space. And they do it from a broader perspective, whether it's digital memberships all the way down to consumer uh, products. But um, like they, they doing an annual trade show. They do a lot of content, podcasts, things like that. Um, they're, they're pretty phenomenal. If you're in a subscription box space, I can send you some other names, some people that are kind of doing well and do some interesting coursework there. Um, and then, you know, we do a newsletter as well. So we, I think there's actually, it's a space that's kind of ripe for opportunity. Um, you know, we do a weekly subscription prescription newsletter because we're seeing that there's actually kind of a, a lack of information, like the episode that's going out just uh, it's going out right this morning as we're recording this is, is basically giving you tips on how to approach data collection and testing, right? Because a lot of people, it's hard enough to launch to feel like all those complications. And now we're getting into the space of like, oh, I need to be optimizing my offers or testing my offers. And it can sometimes feel overwhelming. So um, I, but I would definitely give Chris George a follow um, and check out the stuff to people as well. Sorry, I can't. I muted because I coughed. Chris George from Subta, S-U-B-T-A, or is that two different two different organizations? Uh, well, Chris George is one of the co-founders of Subta. Okay, and you said QPilot uh, has a newsletter and a podcast, or was it just a newsletter? Uh, just a newsletter. We have a subscription prescription um, uh, newsletter. Yeah, your tell weekly. Me you, tell me you treat you trademarked that. I'm definitely going to link to both of those. Uh, I'm going to go file for a trademark right after we fill the record. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw one of the people on algae barn. It had like Poseidon's feast trademarked. And I was like, yeah, you better trademark that. That's, that's sweet. Yep. All right. So um, I, I want to be respectful of your time and I like to keep these episodes like, like super uh, digestible, but I, I suspect that there may be some important questions about subscriptions that I didn't even think to ask. Um, can you, can you think of anything that I did not ask you that would be really important for somebody just getting started on this? Yeah, I think, no, I think the important thing, like, again, the, the biggest mistake I people see is they overcomplicate it, right? So the metaphor is like, you don't, you don't just invent a Tesla right away. You start like with a bike, right? Or something simple. And then you, you, you innovate from there. And, and there's just, again, I can't emphasize enough. There's two reasons why you don't do that. One is the technical limitations can sometimes be really, really expensive and overwhelming. But the second one is if you're not making those types of decisions based off of consumer feedback, you just don't know. So as a a great example, one of our customers sells pet food um, and they were running subscriptions for a while. And some of the data they started to gather was people were canceling because they didn't know how much pet food to have on hand based off of their size of dog. So I have a little dog. I don't need as much food. I have a bigger dog. I need more food, right? It's a very simple thing. So what they ended up doing is they went back to their product page and they redesigned the product page based off of all this feedback so that there was a way for people to understand how much product they should buy based off of the size of their dog. And what happened? Well, conversions on that page went up and churn on their subscription program went down. Right. But if they had started out with something like that initially, that might have missed. Or if they were worried about like making sure that people were getting an extra bag every three months as a way of like incentivizing people to stick around longer, they might have actually made it worse because now people have way too much food. Right. So you just don't know what's really going to happen other than you can gain, you can glean information from other people and stuff. Right. But you just want to keep things as simple as possible and collect data 
so that you know what to build next. And that's if you're starting out. If you're already doing it, there's a whole nother set of problems of like how to approach what you should be optimizing and getting into data too. But, but that's what, what I would say is try to keep it simple. Why do you think it would have failed if they anticipated? Because um, I was like nodding my head the whole time and then I was like scratching it. So like what they anticipated the dog so size per in bag. That, why in that could instance, it, it makes a lot of sense because they already know what's happening. But if somebody else were to come to me, I think the, the difference is, is how complicated do you make that usage, right? Like it's not that hard on a product page design to put a little modal or a little bit of text that explains like, you know, buy this bag if your dog is this size, buy this other bag if your dog is this size, right? Like you can do some things that are simple. What I'm talking about is you don't want to create this complicated metric tool that like you click that opens and it has all this data that it's connected to. You know what I mean? Like you just don't know if you need to be that complicated. So, so try to keep things as simple as possible. Explain how programs work. I always suggest you should be explaining usage. That's a fundamental, right? Even like I mentioned, like I'm selling a bottle of 30 pills. I'm taking one a day. You should explain you're taking a pill a day. You need to order a bottle every month. Like I know it seems obvious, but that's what we're dealing with in e-commerce. It's not as obvious to the end consumer. So you just don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of, oh, I'm going to craft this experience where they're going to get this on month one. And then there's this automated email. And then there's this usage survey and there's all this stuff that's happening. And then I'm going to give a free gift month three, like just dial it back a little bit to, so you start to see what's happening. Because again, if you're giving things away, just another example is I I suggest keeping the discount at 10% to start. You can always test by giving away more of a discount. But until you know what your baseline conversion is, why would you want to give more away than you need to? So start collecting that baseline information and then you can optimize and innovate from there. Uh, makes sense to me. Um, I, I, the, the portion that I'm on right now, and I get a lot of flack for it, but it's, it's just really been my recipe for succeeding at brands is I, I create like a local group, like a meetup, if you will, around what I'm into. So in this case, it's going to be, you know, reef tank hobbyists. And yep. this, this is going to be my way of knowing like who's searching for what, how they're searching it. What are the pain points? Who are you working with in a way that also allows me to learn a lot and build a community. Yep. Um, and then with that information, you know, out the gate, I'm going to have, you know, a percentage of people there that, you know, they want to support me. Well, whether I'm selling, you know, peanut butter or paper clips right. and, and they already know me, they know the journey I'm on. We've learned this together. We've grown together. So th- that's the, that's the phase I'm on right now. My, my website's I'd say nearly done. Um, don't have product yet, but uh, I'm going to be reaching out before I get that product up there so that I can get something subscription, uh, right. some kind of subscription, robust subscription system in place. So I, I appreciate everything, um, that, that you've shared with me. I see reaching out afterwards, seeing if we can convince you to come down to sunny Miami and maybe do a workshop or something, okay. um, to, to my community down here. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. I feel more empowered now in the subscription, uh, arena awesome. uh, before, le- before letting you go though, who, how can people best reach you to get Q pilot, to ask you questions about this show, uh, anything. Sure. So uh, they can visit our website at qpilot.cloud. Um, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Matthew Holman um, with qpilot or the subscription doc on uh, Twitter. Um, so we've got a newsletter and I'm always down to chat with anybody about the program they're running and what they're trying to think about. There's, there's a lot of really great innovations going on in the space. It's exciting to be a part of. 
I had to double check the qpilot.cloud. And I'm like, did he meant to say .com? But yeah, it's qpilot.cloud. We just got the .com URL. So there will be a yeah. redirect at some point, but for now it's .cloud. Yeah, so qpilot, um, letter Q, qpilot.cloud. Uh, before letting you off the hook to get to get back to your day, um, what just delivering subscription excellence. Uh, but before you get back to your day, what is your favorite book and why? Yeah. So my favorite book from the last, I don't know, probably 10, 15 years is uh, The Undoing Project by Michael Lewis. Um, I'm not sure if it's one you've read, but it's uh, it's a story of two uh, fairly famous uh, psychologists, uh, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky. And basically it's about how their approach kind of undid the way we think about it's, it's basically a book that tries to undo how we make assumptions in our world about how we assume things around motivation. A really quick example is like World War II. They were studying the bombers that would come back and they could see where all of the anti-aircraft fire was. And they, you know, they could see on a scatter chart all the, all the bullet holes. And they thought to themselves, we're going to put extra metal plating in all these places where there were holes. And, it, and leave away all the places where nothing had been hit. That's a pretty safe assumption, but guys like uh, Common and Tversky say, well, no, actually, those holes are the, in the planes that made it back. We don't know where the holes were in the planes that didn't make it back. And, Damn. and those, right? so, so we should be plating actually the spaces where there were no bullets is actually where they probably needed more plating because if there had been bullet holes there, the plane wouldn't have survived. And so there's regular things like that, that they just unpack around, like, you know, how we approach medicine and so many things like economics. Um, and so it's really fascinating to get into, uh, it's the study of heuristics, which is basically the idea of how we make decisions. So it's fascinating about like e-commerce. It has so many applications. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, that's my geeky version. I mean, me, I'm a, I'm a Pride and Prejudice fan with Jane Austen as a, as a close follow-up personally. But other than that, you know, uh, yeah. That is amazing, man. That you, the way you described, that's gotta be the best description supporting your book. Like the why that has happened on the show to date. Okay. Awesome. Um, like I, I'm, I want to, I'm going to be ordering that, uh, it's right an after amazing read. it's an amazing read, you know, it kind of reminded me of is a, I, I don't know if you've ever touched on anything from like Freakonomics, like, yeah. uh, it, I often, I often get Malcolm Gladwell and Michael Lewis confused because they like Michael Lewis writes, uh, that this book is just written in a way because, uh, it's Michael is the same guy, like with Moneyball and stuff like that. So he, he gets into like these people that are kind of like, you know, breaking the mold and it, it does very fit in well with the same thing that Gladwell writes, what writes about. Yeah. So I love it, man. Thank you so, so much for, for yeah. sharing your knowledge. This is really going to help me in the fish doc journey. I meant what I said, let's stay in touch. I, yeah. I'd love totally. to like put together a workshop down here in Miami. And thank you. Sounds awesome.